Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with T-Rex. Hi there. Awesome. I love when he does that. Uh, Jake Ellenberger uh, will be joining us. He's, uh, he's, he's running late. He's oh, got... Yes, hi. I'm, I'm Jake Ellenberger. I'm like, giddy, giddy. Yes, well, that was, a good, that was dead on. Dead on impression of Jake Ellenberger. I did. I was, uh, I was like, wow. I was actually less believable than the real jelly. But, but uh, so anyway, it's, it was, uh, it's been a good week. I had a good week. I had some good shows. I was at the Laugh Factory Saturday night, which... Uh, it's always a pleasure doing the Laugh Factory, you know. It's like Long Beach or uh, Long Beach, uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, I did a gig at, at some bar. It was Eric, uh, my friend Eric's birthday, and he had this show. It was one of those shows where like no stage, hecklers everywhere. Eric, who? Eric Allegria. Oh, I know Eric. And and uh, it was his birthday, and this of course this guy wants to join in, trying to take the microphone. And oh God! I just destroyed him, uh, and that that felt good. It feels good to. I mean, it's like, dude, come on, really. Like, like we're in Fight Club here. Like this, is, we've I've been doing this 15 years. You know, not that not that I haven't been had by a heckler or two, but what was going to be this guy? Right. You know, it was one of those guys that uh, goes out with wearing a tank top. Like you're wearing a tank and like no muscles. Really, a tank top? <laughs> you're gonna wear a tad night to a bar, a tank top? Really? Right. Is there any excuse for that? Uh, how was your week? It was great, man. Uh, had some good shows too. Did a Russell Simmons show on Wednesday, and uh, it was really cool because after I got off stage, Russell came out to the lobby and. And uh, said that he enjoyed my show, and then uh, he thought I was very funny, and then I'm always very funny. And um, and then while I was on stage, he actually took a picture of me on stage, and then tweeted out, "Where am I with Todd Rex at All Dev Digital Comedy?" Nice. And uh, so you don't think the- maybe his girlfriend wanted to know where he was and uh, <laughs> thought, thought he was cheating? Right. So he had, to, he had to tweet that out. Yes. So that was that was pretty cool. And then also, I have a video that's on YouTube that just reached 3.1 million. Really? Yeah. So what video? It's called Spooby. S P O O B Y. And what do you do? It's just part of my stand-up routine. Nice. Yeah, 3.1 like million. 3.1 Are you making money on that? You're doing the revenue share? No, I just started. I just reached out oh. to the guy who, uh, who, it's on his channel, and he, he took it off my CD and, and put it on his channel, and that's the only thing he has up, so we just started talking about that. No, but, dude, you're getting killed. Now they're going to have to start from zero. Well, All I know. Right. Well, we, him and I are talking about it because uh, we, uh, we kind of friended each other now. Friended, yeah. He's making money off he, you. He's not making any money. Is there an ad before the video? No. Um, no, it's not. So he doesn't know how to do that. So he was like, well, if we can figure out how to do it, man, I'll give you... Figure out how to, I figured out how to rip your video, and I don't know. It sounds a little fishy to me. I mean, people have... I've got a bunch of videos on there that people have put on. This just happens to be one that's gone 3.1 million, and then you're not making money on it. And he's not making money either. Oh, oh well, well, no, none of it. That's a great mentality. <laughs> no, no one's making... We're talking about... You know, two people not making money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... We're uh, make money off it. Oh, oh yeah, sure. But once, once it hits 6 million. So... Um, <laughs> But anyway, I, uh, I've been having my, my social life picked up this week. Uh, had a, a couple hot dates, which is cool. Nice. I actually met a girl off Tinder. Have you been on Tinder yet? No, I'm married. Oh, yeah, it's a good point. 
That's a good way to meet your wife on Tinder. Uh, actually, right. after you're married. Well, wouldn't that be horrible? You go on Tinder. And it's you your, see your wife. wife on the, hey, it's, this chick is compatible. Yeah, there you go. Well, I went on the Tinder, and I, you know, I thought it was this. this at first, I was like, wait a minute, where do all these girls live? This is like one ep- one big episode of uh, of catfish, oh, you know. Man. But uh, I actually I met a couple girls. Uh, they look nothing like their video, their picture. But at that point, it's like you're already there. I'm already there. I've already spent six dollars on gas, you know. So. <laughs> Uh, but a couple of them look. One of them's cute. Actually, one girl I actually knew from years ago, and I and I, I went up to her and I was like, I met her. I'm like, hey, we went on a date. I'm like, hey, you know, your, your skin got much better from when, when we used to. Oh my god. She goes, yeah, I have Crohn's disease, and I guess it got bigger, so it expanded. I was like, oh, I felt terrible. I didn't, I didn't realize that she had Crohn's disease. I thought uh, <laughs> I think it's Crohn's, not uh, Crohn's. Whatever. Oh, Crohn's. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had that too, but. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, she had Crohn's disease. I was like, she's like, well, yeah, my face was like huge because of the. I go, oh well, uh, well, it was it was good for your pores because like Rocky Dennis. I was like, it expanded your pores. You look much better. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that's, that's a, a side effect is if you had bad skin before. Did she mention that in her uh, Tinder profile? I, I what that my no that, that, that her, her face used to be huge or whatever. Well, I think before she had an eating disorder, so now it just looks normal actually. Oh. But. Uh, so anyway, that was uh, that, that was good. I had a good date there, and uh, I uh, I tried to I went to a jujitsu class, gi. I never do jujitsu, and I went to right. a gi class, and uh, it was fun. I went up against this purple belt. I didn't realize that you could choke someone out using, using their, yeah using, using their my, my gi, and I actually I, I learned that really quickly. Actually, <laughs> as I was being strangled to death, going, oh man, I guess the, uh, this, this, this is, is not legal. this is legal, right. yeah. But it was fun. It was just one of those kids. One of us against this kid who uh, is he's a super flexible kid. And you know, it's weird when you come from a wrestling background. You, you pin a guy, you're like, great. But this guy basically was like doing break dancing off his back, just spinning and spinning and spinning, trying to catch him with his, his legs. legs yeah. And yeah. I was like, come on, dude. Uh, it's just like, and then he was so. I was just taking his legs and trying to bend them over his head and make him tap that way. Yeah, it but he was, happening. yeah, it was kid was so flexible. It was, it was, it was well, welcoming that to me, but uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was fun. I went to Hollywood jujitsu. It was a, it was a fun, fun, uh, fun little class. And, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of respect for the gi. I had it before. I think yeah. I like no gi better. Yeah. Be I like no gi also. But, but yeah, I, I, I learned quickly that you can get strangled with your gi and uh, I got a speeding ticket. I actually went to court for oh, that. Yeah? I, you know, I did a hundred, I got a 105 mile hour speeding ticket. 104. Not in that car that you're driving today. Which was my excuse. Which was <laughs> my, my, my defense was like, dude, there's no way this piece of crap can go 104 miles an hour. I had a picture of the car and everything. I'm like, really? You, can't push this, you can put, couldn't push this car out of a plane and hit 105 miles per hour. That's hilarious. So, yeah, but uh, I yeah, I got caught doing 104. It was one of those things where I was coaching wrestling. I was late to a gig. And then, and you know what it is? That, that, that damn GPS becomes like a video game. It tells you like what time you're going to get there I'm like oh I'm, I'm 30 minutes late so you keep going to go faster to, to get your time down beat the time, beat right? the time and uh, the cop didn't, uh, doesn't like that game at all <laughs> so he, he pulled me over and you want to hear it's worse so I, it's, I have an 8 o'clock in the morning court thing it's 3 hours away in Bakersfield actually the, the, the town was Jesus. called like it was called Weed Ranch the town was called Weed Come Something on. I swear I even texted I'm with Matt Riddle right now and it was like with That's Weed hilarious. Ranch so I get there 8 o'clock so I spent an all nighter Luckily, the girl uh, from Tinder called me up, so I had, had I was busy a little bit there. But I I, I go right to court uh, to like because after if you go over hundred miles an hour, you can't even driving. you have to, well I didn't get reckless driving, but the judge can can take take your license. Right. So and you have to go. It doesn't even go to court. You have to actually go see the judge before that. So I get there, and of course I'm sleeping because I get there early. So I'm sleeping outside the judge room, but I, I outside the courthouse, and I don't want to you know, miss it. 
Then I'm like, oh, I wake up, I'm all disheveled because I'm like five minutes before. I run out, I lock my keys in my car. Oh my so I had God. to get a tow company uh, to, to get to break my... So I was, I was out 50 bucks before the thing even started. It was a $611 ticket. So you ended up having to pay the whole fine? Six eleven. Jesus. Plus, plus, plus two points on my license. And uh, yeah, that was, that was yesterday. That when was, the cop pulled you over, was he irate? The cop, you know, it was one of those things where it was, uh, I, I, had a, I had a hat that said U.S. Army from one of my military tours, and I was trying to find it, and I couldn't, I figured maybe he would let me out because he was, uh, but it was, my friend might have, my friend may have been allegedly smoking weed in the car, oh so we were more, we were more God. concerned about getting rid of the alleged weed than, uh, than the Army hat. It was just a big disaster. I get like, to the no. gig. Know how fast you're going? You're like, obviously not fast enough for you to Yeah, <laughs> to 100, me. I know, 104 miles an hour, so that was that. So, anyway. Let's talk about the fights. This is a fighting podcast. Uh, UFC Fight Night 45. Uh, did you watch it? Yes, I did. Wow. Matt Brown and Eric Incredible. Silva. We have Matt Brown on the show today. I can't wait to talk can't to him. can't wait to talk to that dude. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a great fight. It was a, Matt Brown is so damn tough. Eric Silva had a terrible game, game plan. plan. <laughs> I understand that, like, by definition of being an MMA fighter, you're a tough son of a bitch. You're one of these guys. You, you can't get to where you are without, in your head, thinking you could take anybody. But there are certain guys you do not want to get into dog fights with. Matt Brown is uh, the number one, two, and three, I think, on that list. I mean, I mean, seriously, that was just an awful... It's like getting into an armbar competition with Ronda Rousey. There are certain play, Don't play to your guy's strengths. Right. Don't, don't try to grapple with Ben Askren or wrestle Ben Askren. Certain things you just don't want to do. And Eric Silva seemed to, maybe he's young or uh, a little immature or whatever it is or uh, inexperienced. He's very athletic and I think he was relying on his athleticism to be able to pull him out, pull it out. But uh, Matt Brown is athletic and just You're not going to get into a tough, uh, who's tougher between you and Matt Brown. It's just (laughs) not going to happen. So Eric Silva also looked like he gassed. Donald Cerrone was like, you're in a main event and you gassed in the second round. He tweeted something kind of negative about him. Um, And it looked like, I mean, maybe it was the the moment. Maybe he got caught up in the moment. Maybe, who knows? But uh, Matt Brown looked awesome. And uh, Costa Filippo. Didn't I, I tell you? I love Costa Filippo. And uh, he looked awesome as well. That guy, could that guy be any more muscular? No, he looks like, like Maz Jabrani on steroids. I don't know. <laughs> he does. I don't know if people know who Maz Jabrani is, but that's Google. Hilarious. He does look like Maz Jabrani. Google, I always thought that too. Google Maz Jabrani. And that's Costa. He looked great. So the Hulk. Another guy we had on the show. Told uh, you. So he, the Hulk. You didn't tell me so the Hulk. Did <laughs> yes, you really? Oh, yeah. uh, that guy. That guy, when he punched uh, the guy he was fighting, uh, what's that guy? I forgot the guy's name. Uh, Buds, I think his name is, or Bots? Potts. Potts. Ruan Potts. It looked like Potts went dead. It looked like he. <laughs> like someone he, shot him? Yeah, it looked like it was like weekend at Bernie's all of a sudden. <laughs> he just went, wow. But then, so, please stop singing afterwards. He started singing after he won. I'm like, he got made look, Ariana look like Adele. It was, oh uh, it, it was rough. It was. Oh, yeah, and then he kissed the referee. I, it's sort of like um, what I tell my kids when I'm coaching and they, and they, they wrestle. Actually, Connor Hewn, who used to be my, assistant, my, my, my co-coach, you know, we had a kid that celebrated. Like, after he won his wrestling match, he was going crazy, and Connor was like, act like you've been here before. And I think Soa needs to act like he's won before. <laughs> Making out with the ref and, and singing, it's just, you're not going to win America's Got Talent. Oh, uh, right. We want to see a fight. And, uh, but you know what, man? That guy is going to be a problem for anybody. Yeah. A- anybody in that division, so are the Hulk. He's a Hulk. 
He is a Hulk, <laughs> and he's uh, and he's a nice guy too. Yeah, we, had I, him on the, we had him. On the had show. him on the show, and I, I texted him, "Hey man, great job after Friday." He goes, "Yes, thank God." Uh, <laughs> I was, he, he he thanked God in, in his text back to me. That's so th- there's a believer right there, uh, Johnny Eduardo. Uh, who uh, beat Eddie Wineland. I felt bad for Eddie Wineland. That yeah. guy just has no luck. Eddie's a nice guy, too. A great guy. And he's a tough-ass guy, and he got put on the undercard, and he, I thought it was kind of a fight that he should have won. He was winning. He just got caught, which just shows you anybody can get caught. But it was crazy because they were like, uh, Kenny Florian was like, if you all these young guys, if you want to talk about learning how to strike, watch watch uh, Eddie Wineland box and Eddie Wineland at that point it was like a minute later his hand went down for a split second and crack and it was wow and uh then uh, Johnny Eduardo then threw his mouthpiece in the stands and got suspended for 30 yeah, days. Yeah, but he's probably not going to fight for 30 days anyway. Yeah, right? Number one. Number two, he's now the quarterback for the Bengals. Because, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, seriously, what what is this 30-day suspension a day after your fight? Right. Do people know this is not basketball or it's not, <laughs> not football? You're not fighting next week. Yeah, I mean, that's very strange. And then what does that even mean? It's not suspended from practicing. It's right. like... So he can't fight in, in Ohio for 30 days. There's not even a, a card in Ohio. So uh, Darren Krushchenk, great guy. He's actually going on that military tour. Him, Cody Bollinger. No, no, but I help set it up, sort of. Yeah, so him, Krushchenk, Shayna Baszler is going, and Jessamyn Duke. Uh, they're all going with Cody Bollinger. Krushchenk won. Krushchenk's another guy who uh, I feel like some of these fighters, it just takes a couple fights for them to get settled. Right. You know, which just shows you why these fighters who say have a three-fight contract, guaranteed, win or lose, might be a good idea. Because some of these guys like Michael Johnson or uh, that guy, uh, that, that karate guy, uh, what's his name? The, the kar- Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Or Thompson. Darren Krushchenk. Even, even Matt Brown, it just takes him a while to kind of Maybe warmed up. warmed up because now Cruz Jenks is on a, on a, on a tear. Yep. And uh, he beat. We, we picked him because we liked his name, I think. We were, I don't know why we picked I think we picked him because he's going on that military tour, but uh, <laughs> which is not a great way to reason to pick somebody. So, uh, but yeah, so Cruz Jenks, another guy. And he's also a guy that I think his dad was a black belt. He just comes from a karate background, which I think is so important. Uh, you, you look at a guy like Floyd Mayweather. You know, whose father was a world champion boxer, or I think he was, I don't know if he was a world champion, but he was ranked in the top 10 in the world. His uncle, Roger, ranked top 10 in the world. You know, it just shows you that, um, you know, Cruz Jank's dad's a black belt, Machida's dad's a, uh, was a fighter. Um, you know, it just shows you that this is, there is some type of like. So, what happened with Michael Jackson? <laughs> what do you mean? Because Michael Jackson's dad was beating ass. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson could probably beat some ass. I mean, if if he would have took his dancing and put it into fighting, right. probably could beat some ass. But it just shows you like that, like genetic. I wouldn't say I don't know. I wouldn't call it genetics. It's, I would call it just you know putting your kid involved into a sport if that's what you were into. It just helps. Taking over the family. Ronda business. Rousey's mother was uh, a world champion judoka. Right. So it just shows you. Anyway, I don't even know what my point was. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, Roy Nelson, uh, not Roy Nelson. A couple of MMA news. Roy Jones is box word to be boxing Chris Lytle. It's going to be the fight of the wrong century. Uh, <laughs> but Roy Jones, I don't understand why everybody wants to fight Roy Jones, and is I don't it, understand. Is, is it a straight boxing match? A straight boxing match. Oh God. Chris Lytle, I think, was fifteen and one as a boxer, has a pretty decent uh, amateur experience. But come on. Roy Jones is just going to run through any boxer, yeah. any MMA guy that turns to boxing. Yeah. And I don't understand what the uh, 
what, what we're doing here. <laughs> I mean, granted, I, I, a paper is, not, is it going to be on pay per view? Because I'm not going to go buy. I'm not going to spend any money to watch that. No. Um, I don't know who's going to spend money to watch that. And it's not making MMA look any better. I don't even think it looks, but makes boxing look any better. It doesn't. It's not like you know somebody's taking on a top ten fighter right now, right? And he's still going to win because that's all he does. Anybody that didn't vote for Chris Lytle when he ran for congressman should feel better that these these uh, the decisions he's making are to fight Roy. Because come on, is this the guy you want running your district? Right. So anyway, uh, Solange Knowles is it Solange or Solange? Solange? Yeah. Did you see her attack Jay Z yeah, yesterday? Jay-Z. Was that crazy or what? Yeah, I'm surprised that Jay-Z did just bad. What, what was it about? Did, did, Nobody yeah. knows. Uh, I, I guess they were arguing over uh, Ellenberger versus um, Robbie Lawler. I, I, who knows? <laughs> but now uh, but now, Solong's uh, actually made the Bellator finals with, with that. <laughs> she actually, I, I wrote a tweet that she landed more significant strikes than Dominic Cruz, Little Nog, and uh, Tito combined this year. But, but but she actually looked pretty good. Yeah, she, I mean, she unleashed a fury. Uh, um I don't know. I wonder what Beyonce said to her afterwards. Like, are you out of your effing mind attacking my man? Like or that? maybe, maybe he did something to Beyonce, and that's why she hit him. Maybe he was cheated, or I don't know what happened. But it, it seemed like it, maybe he was very disrespectful to Beyonce. She didn't look. If your sister is beating up your husband, wouldn't you at least hold her back? Beyonce wanted nothing to do with that. Maybe her hair had just been I don't done even or think something. She was there like when it happened. Yes, yeah, she was. They got in the elevator. Yeah, she was in the elevator. You can see her doing nothing. I it, thought that was the there was a security dude in the elevator that grabbed her. No, Beyonce was there doing nothing. I think that was Jay Z that was doing nothing. Do you think Jay Z? <laughs> do you think Jay Z loses street cred now? I mean, you're an African American. No, I think, I think if anything, he gets street cred because she unloaded on him and he didn't like fight back. He just like you know he wasn't going crazy. He was just like yo, chill, chill, chill. Yeah, but I mean. But at the same time, now that he's like when he comes out with a new rap album, talks about beating everyone's ass, aren't people going to say, "Well, you couldn't even beat Solange"? I mean, now that he would beat so her, Solange, uh, <laughs> you're so bad. What is it, Solange or Solange? Solange, yeah. Solange. <laughs> I mean, don't you think? I mean, if I hear him talking about how hard he is, I'm like, dude, Yo. like your, your your wife's sister beat you up. Yo, she slapped me in my face, B. Not that I mean, you can't do anything. <laughs> At that point, you're kind of screwed, though, because you can't fight back. What am uh, I supposed to do? If I slap her up, then I beat up a woman. Yeah, exactly. If she slaps me up, then I got beat up by a woman. You're actually pretty good at that. <laughs> Can you do the rest of the show as, <laughs> as Jay-Z? Jay-Z? Seriously, there's no, there's a no-win situation. I mean, look, I guess you can grab her. You know, you can okay. grab her and be like, stop hitting me. He should have taken Blue Ivy by her ankles and just hit her across the face with his daughter. Oh, really? Is that what... <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Then, then I didn't hit her. My daughter hit her. <laughs> Gerald Harris said uh, she had more hits on Jay-Z than she ever had in her entire career. Wow. But which I thought was funny. Uh, but yeah, Harris checking in with the comedy. But yeah, at the same time, you're kind of screwed in that situation. There's no way to look good in that situation. Once your sister, your wife's sister attacks you, you're screwed. Right. There's no way to win. Like if you, if you, if you, what if he slapped her? Like, what do you think Chris Brown would have done? He would have just teed <laughs> off on her. <laughs> <laughs> right, he would have hit him with like a five piece. Somebody made a funny like meme, what was right. it, a meme or what is it called? Me- a meme? Jesus. Meme? I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry that I, I don't, these are real words, okay? Meme? Meme made a sex tape or something. I don't know what these words are. Not, these aren't words that were in the English language. Meme, okay? Right, there you go, meme. Solange, really? Solange? That's, that, yeah, that's, rolls off the tongue. I mean, come on, I don't know. <laughs> Give me a break. It's All black right. people, man. You know we make stuff up. Okay, so... <laughs> Solange. Solange. It sounds right. like a, a, a Jewish sausage. So... <laughs> but... 
That's a schlong. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So, <laughs> I thought I thought her name was schlong. So, <laughs> so, I mean, there's no way to look good when you're when schlong's oh, hitting God. you. When What's there's a schlong is? hitting you, I mean... <laughs> Somebody when wrote it. Slong is hitting you in the face. Yeah, when a slong is hitting your face, you cannot look cool. <laughs> Somebody said that uh, you could watch the fight exclusively on Fight Pass. That was that was pretty funny. There was a lot of MMA jokes about there. Log in and check it out, P. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, so Bellator this Saturday night. Uh, there's a. Uh, so still laughing at slong. Slong, yeah. Bellator this Saturday night. Eddie Alvarez pulled out of the fight. He got a concussion. Uh, when he was hitting a double on Abel Trujillo. That's how tough Abel is in Kenny Monday's wrestling class. So instead, uh, yeah, so he's not fighting this week. Uh, who's filling in for Eddie Alvarez? Uh, Brooks, right? Uh, Brooks is fighting. Who's also, I think he's on a six-fight winning streak. Should be a good fight. Uh, are you going to watch the Bellator pay-per-view? I'm going to watch it. Probably not. I'm going to watch it somewhere. Uh, hopefully it's playing at a bar. I'm going to be in Florida. Um, who is... Uh, uh, Tito Ortiz versus Slamenko. I'm picking Slamenko. Oh, yeah, I'm picking Slamenko too. But I want Tito to win. I do. I want Tito to win this fight. Um, I oh, actually look I, at you playing. I, nice. I, I, I tried ordering the pay per view and it, uh, it, it uh, came up why. Um, <laughs> it came up why? <laughs> did you mean. <laughs> Starts giving you other options. Yeah, uh, did you mean Friday, the next Friday? <laughs> no, I went Bellator pay per view. Uh, did you mean the Mighty Ducks 3? Yes, so. Um, who else? Uh, Rampage versus King Mo. That was supposed to happen before, right? Yeah. And then something happened. Yes, something did happen, uh, and a couple other fights. Who uh, you got in that fight? Uh, I, you know, I talked to Mayhem, who's been training with Rampage, and uh, he says Rampage is looking really good. He's looking great, but I like King Mo in that fight. Um, I just think Rampage is a little past his prime. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, our next we got we got a bunch of great guests on this week, uh, this week today, tonight during this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, we have Matt Brown on the show, the Immortal is on the show. We have Cody Gibson, yes, UFC Cody. fighter Cody Gibson, and the legend Pat Militich is on the show. Wow! So we got stacked a, show, stacked show to the gills, stacked like Roy Nelson. Okay, so <laughs> we have a stacked show, stacked like Roy Nelson's pancakes. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, it's funny because uh, he has pancakes, but he's not flat. So just, I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. I'll, I will try to write it and find it. All right. Well, uh, so we have an up-and-coming UFC star. Uh, Cody Gibson is uh, our, one of our guests. Cody is from Blackwell, Oklahoma. Fights out of Visalia, California. 11-4 record. How are you, Cody? I'm good. How are you doing? Good man, I was uh, I was I was uh, enjoying watching your fights last night. I was looking through your highlight films. How's that? How, how's life, man? Life's good. It couldn't be better. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, also, uh, T Rex is here. What's going on, Cody? Now, um, now I know I didn't know you went to Menlo College with Ashley Evan Smith and Carla Esparza, correct? Yeah, and uh, there's a few guys. They're fighting there from Memo as well. Cool. Danny Castillo, uh, Ryan Benoit. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Now, that's like a, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a pretty small school, though, correct? Yeah, it's only got like 700 students, but uh, they have like 13 sports teams, so I'm like 70% of the population of the school plays sports, <laughs> and the other 30% is like super rich Saudi Arabia guys. Wow. And that's crazy. That's 700, yeah. 700 kids, and nine of them are professional fighters. 
That's a that's a pretty tough yeah, that's a pretty tough school. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. There's a lot of us got into it. There's some guys that are still working their way up too. That are from Inlow that uh, that wrestled as well. Now, crazy. now, what was uh, Ashley Evans and Carla like in college? Were they crazy party girls? Uh, no, not really. Um, not really at all. Actually, I mean, I think Ashley didn't even like have any alcohol for most of college. I remember right, like she was against it. Uh, and Carla, no, not really either. I mean, I think they went to like parties and stuff, but they weren't like uh, they weren't the uh, the wild bunch that you probably see today. I don't know. Well, I oh, I know that like it's one of the few schools that has an all girls wrestling team, and you were on the all yeah. guys wrestling team. Did you guys have like wrestling mixers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, all the guys knew all the girls on the team, but I mean, we were we had our separate practices, and it was just like if it was a men's basketball team and a women's basketball team. You know, it wasn't really. I mean, uh, yeah, but I, I know I, I went to SUNY Binghamton and I, I wrestled for a little bit. We would have mixers with like the volleyball team or the soccer team. Like, I'm wondering if they had like male and guy wrestling mixers because that, that sounds like it would be pretty awesome. And Ma- male and guy, I mean, not male and guy, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not male and guy, I mean, male and female, uh, uh wrestling mixers. And you know, if there was like, you mean like, what do you mean by mixers, like parties? Yeah, yeah, if you guys party together, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was such a small school that like. Everybody partied together, you know. It wasn't it wasn't big enough to where you didn't know every single person on campus. Just about so. I mean, yeah. But yeah, we all kind of intermingled. All they had football and volleyball and all the sports. So it was kind of just a big uh, kind of family in a way. It was pretty cool. Nice. Now, I, I, now I was reading about you last night, and uh, man, you have a crazy life. You're you're a full time teacher and a UFC fighter. Uh, I am not a full time teacher. Oh, okay. You're a part-time teacher? I'm a, yeah, I substitute teach. I have a teaching credential and a master's degree in education, but I'm holding off on uh, signing up full-time until, until I retire. That's still pretty cool. I mean, my substitute teachers were like fat ladies with like smoke cigarettes all day. You know, you're like a sub who, you're a sub who actually is in the UFC. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool for the kids, right? Yeah, they're pretty excited. I mean, most, most of them, I only sub at one, my alma mater high school is really the only place I go. And uh, they're all, you know, the school's really behind me and the community. I live in a small town, so they all kind of know. And, and, I always, and I get asked probably like 15 times a day, like, when's your next fight, Mr. Gibson? When's your next fight, you know? Yeah. But it's pretty cool. Mr. Gibson, that's so funny. <laughs> Can you beat up Spencer Fisher? Can I beat up Spencer Fisher? I don't know. Spencer <laughs> Fisher is a pretty... Why? Why, why are you asking that? Because he's a teacher too, right? He's a teacher also. Yeah. Okay, All right, that makes sense. But I'm, but I'm looking at your schedule, right? So you work from seven thirty in the morning to three thirty, then you do strength uh, from four to five thirty, BJJ from six to seven thirty, and then sparring from seven thirty to nine. That's an insane. Is I mean, is, is is this correct? Is this what you do every day? Yeah, I mean, pretty typically. Um, when do you have time to substitute teaching? Is I do get like. I get to take days off if I need them. Um, like today, I took off uh, and got two training sessions in already. Um, so, but I mean, up until I made it to the UFC, I, I couldn't really afford to take any days off. So I would my whole fight camp would be work and then train, work and then train. Um, and now that I'm in the UFC, luckily I, I'm putting enough money away to where for the next fight camp I'll just take the whole time off work and be able to train. Like pretend I'm a full time fighter, you know. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. That's, I mean, that's, that's an insane schedule. How, how are the guys that you, that you uh, train with? Who are some of the guys that you uh, train with up in uh, NorCal? Uh, 
Uh, I trained a lot with uh, Joe Soto, who was a, the first ever Bellator champion. Uh, he's my weight class. Uh, he's like 14 and two with 13 finishes. He's a really good fighter. Um, I got a, a, one of my main training partners. His name is Kane Carasoso. He's six and zero. He's about. He was supposed to fight a. What's that guy? The ultimate fighter who like put lube up his butt. <laughs> The guy who put lube up his butt and the ultimate fighter? Rudiger. Rudiger. Oh, Gabe Rudiger. Yeah, but I mean, he's Gabe. Supposed I think, to fight, yeah, he's supposed to fight Gabe Rudiger for the Tachi Palace belt coming up here, and then Rudiger backed out, so he's fighting some Armenian guy. But uh, <laughs> he's undefeated. He's a 55er. Bill Marshall's probably the most famous guy I train with. He's, he won the Bellator tournament. He's a big dude. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, we're a small team, you know, but I get down to you know, Huntington Beach and Costa Mesa quite a bit, too, for training, so. Oh, nice. Where do you go over there? Do you go to uh, Tito's place? No, uh, my, we're in affiliate school at Clubber Luciano Jiu-Jitsu, so I go to Clubber's. Uh, I'll get training uh, with a guy at Costa Mesa Training Center. Like uh, Tony Ferguson's down there. Uh, a guy by the name of Tyler Wombles is a striking coach. He used to be, he used to be the head instructor at Kings. Well, not the head instructor. Obviously, Rafael is the head instructor, but he was like the main guy under Rafael for a long time, and then they kind of had their separate way, went their separate ways, and so I, I work with him a lot. And just because I'm not from the area, I can kind of get away with you know kind of hopping from one gym to the next. Yeah, no, I mean you have uh, you have some life now. Now you uh, you lost your first fight to Aljamain Sterling. Uh, you were on a five fight a six fight winning streak before that. How did you deal with that loss? Do you think it was octagon jitters? What do you think went wrong in that fight? Uh, you know, it wasn't octagon jitters at all. I don't feel like uh, I was too nervous. Once I once they closed the cage, I just felt like it was another fight. Um, you know, short, I, I don't make I, I don't like to make excuses after losing a fight because if I sign that contract, I'm saying, hey, I'm putting the money where my mouth is that I can beat this guy. I'm gonna show up on this date and try to whoop his ass. But you know, I mean, I did take the fight on like ten days' notice. Um, so I got to be honest in that regard that, you know, do I wish I could do it all over again with eight to ten weeks to train before it? Yeah, you know. Do I think it'd be a different outcome? Possibly, you know. But, uh, I mean, it was a close fight. You know, it just came down to that third round, and we got in a scramble, and I shot a guillotine, missed it, and he did a good job of controlling me on top for the rest of the round, and, and I gave it up, you know. Uh, I can't really – I mean, I learned a lot from it. It was, kind of got that first one out of the way. Uh, he's a really talented fighter. He actually flew off from New York right after the fight and trained with me for a week. Oh, nice. Uh, he, that was pretty cool, you know. Um, I don't know, you know, it just it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm excited to get back in there with a, you know, more of a full camp behind me. You know, one of my main things about fighting, or one of my main weapons of fighting is my cardio and pushing the pace, you know. When, we, when you only got 10 days to prepare for a fight, there's always that thought in the back of your head, like, you don't want to push it too hard to where you get tired, you know, or to get, you know. I don't know. It is what it is. I kind of already moved past it. So that that being said, if you were offered another fight on ten days' notice, would you take it, or would you uh, would you not uh, you, you hold off for a full camp? Yeah, I guess I thought I've taken a lot of short notice fights. I'm always in the gym, so I'm never like out of shape, like you know, like way out of shape or anything. I'm I'm, I'm in the gym, whether I got a fight or not. So I mean, never say never, but. Uh, I don't like to take that. It's more of the weight cut more than anything else. Is I, I hate doing the, the extreme weight cutting. Wait, so you weren't so you weren't in the UFC? They call you up and say, "Look, you could be in the UFC if you fight in ten days." Correct? Yeah. I mean, um, you kind of well, have you to do it. Take it right? Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're you're kind of screwed. 
Oh, yeah, was, there was never a question. It was an automatic yes. Nice. Um, but now that I'm in the UFC, yeah. you know, I might, I mean, I might still do it. You know, I'm kind of kind of crazy <laughs> like that, but... Now, now you got you got a really crazy. I was reading about you. Now, uh, your hero is your uh, little brother who had a stroke when he was born, and now he's mentally handi- handicapped. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd like to talk about that at all. Well, I mean, he just kind of just you know, I, I got adopted. Me, and my brother got adopted, and my kids, my parent, my my adopted parents couldn't conceive for like fifteen years, and then as soon as they adopted us, they had two kids, um, and Jake. Uh, you know, he had a stroke when he was born, got wrapped around the umbilical cord, and uh, he's mentally challenged, you know, he's, he can't see or talk, he talks like a baby still. Um, now he's, you know, the doctors all said he was only going to live till he was four or five years old, and now he's, he'll be 21 this year. Wow. Wow. Uh, so it's pretty amazing, you know, my parents are, they've done a great job with him. And he, I just grew up, you know, as his big brother and treated him like my little brother, like nothing, you know, it just really brought my family together and, and kind of helped me develop you know into who I am so uh he is my hero he's someone you know I consider him like my best friend I always go see him every I try to get over there at least once a week and, and head at the house and see him and, uh, that's great you know. I mean he, he must be really proud of you as well yeah I hope so I don't know <laughs> he thinks he can be my ass probably but I don't know. <laughs> wait so you and your brother were adopted me and my older brother were adopted yeah, that's where I'm from Oklahoma but I'm, I live in California now Gotcha. Now, um, I was adopted too. I don't you were adopted you as well. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah, man. Now, uh, have you ever thought about looking up your 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 uh, your real parents, or I mean, your biological parents, or you're like, you know what, it's kind of, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I never really. I probably had a little more interest than my older brother did, but with the the magic of technology, she actually found us last year. Um, my biological our biological moms, and I actually found out I have a sister who's like 21 years old. Nice. Um, how does she, how does, how does that really, actually look? I don't really talk to my mom all that much. I mean, we'll, we'll exchange emails. I've never talked to her, like, over the phone or anything. Right. I'm still a little bit, you know, I, I mean, she's still going through some stuff. And, I, I mean, I I have a relationship, but it's very, uh, I don't know. It's I think, it's, to be honest, it's more, you know, I don't know what, what to say about it. But my sister, which is the cool to find, I have a sister. And I, I never had a sister. I have three brothers, so it's kind of weird. I'm like telling her to take down these pictures, and I got like automatically like in a brother mode, and I never felt that before, so it was kind of crazy. Does she does uh, she have any hot friends, or I mean, how does she look? Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, she's married. Ah oh, damn, 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 <laughs> damn. Well, look, man, uh, Cody, you uh, you seem like a really good guy, man. A guy that I I'm definitely gonna root for. I, listen, we, we we have to get your popularity up. You, you only have a thousand Twitter followers. This is bullshit, yeah, man. man. We got. We got to get people. There's no reason a guy in the UFC should have less Twitter followers than my dog. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so we, so we, we have to get your popularity up. People have to know who you are. Uh, who, 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 uh, by the way, who are you? Who are you fighting next? Who do you, you want to fight next? I actually just found out today, but I can't. I don't think. I think I would get in trouble if I said anything before it's all said and done. But it's going to be soon, like within six or seven weeks. So it's at it's at tuned. it's at one thirty-five. Yeah, it's at 135. So is it Overeem? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Overeem. Uh, damn. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who it is. Well, uh, well, well, good luck with your fight, man. Let us know as soon as, uh, as, as, soon as, you, uh, f- as you allow to tell people. And uh, thanks for being on the show, brother. I appreciate you have, uh, us having you on. Oh, by the way, where can people find yeah. you? Uh, where can people find you on, on, uh, on uh, Twitter? Uh, 
Yeah, the Renegade five five nine on Twitter. Look me up. I've got a Facebook fan page too. I need more followers, so uh, yes, yes. Yeah, look me up. Renegade five five nine. Cody Gibson, badass fighter. Pleasure having you oh, on, yeah. buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right, okay. man. Good luck, buddy. All right, that was Cody Gibson, which I, by the way, I didn't mean to insult him by saying he only had a thousand Twitter followers. I'm just trying to get his popularity up. Yeah, it is what it is, man. If that's what the numbers are. Uh, but uh, <laughs> look, a good guy. It's crazy though. A guy in the UFC, you know, like, uh, yeah, like there's not a guy in the NBA that has a thousand Twitter followers. You know? <laughs> right. we, we, so we have to get this. We have to get his popularity up. He seems like a really good dude. You know, right. that's crazy about his about his uh, his uh, brother, man. What is, it's a sad situation, you know. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a trip. Uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Really, I mean, <laughs> I guess when you're in the situation, it might be sad at first, but after you get used to it, it just it is what it is. Well, he says his brother's his biggest inspiration, so uh, I guess it's all how you, all how you look at it, right? Yep. But uh, Cody Gibson, uh, I wanted to hear threesome stories about you and Carla and Ashley. Uh, <laughs> didn't hear any of those, but you know what? We'll have you on uh, back again. You can after tell you us win your next fight. Yes, exactly. All right, so now our next guest is the immortal Matt Brown coming off a huge win against Eric Silva. Holy shit, was Jesus, that amazing. Jesus. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Thanks for being a guest on our, on our, our podcast. Uh, I don't know if you read the tweets. I've been writing about you. I said, Matt Brown is such a badass. He applies Vaseline to Stitch in between rounds. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Oh man, I, I like you guys' uh, tweets, man. That shit cracks me up. Oh, thanks, man. That's uh, we actually said Matt Brown's such a badass. He actually stands Kim Winslow up. That's <laughs> that's how much. Hold, hold on, say that one again. You're such a badass that you actually stand Kim Winslow up. That Kim, you actually. <laughs> so, oh man, I don't know where you guys come up with this stuff. Yeah, me neither, man. So how? By the way, how are you doing, man? That that fight was awesome. Uh, how hurt were you in the uh, first round? Uh, yeah, that's pretty hurt, man. Um, that's why I, I went down, actually. It was hurt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was pretty hurt. Um, you know, just just got to go through it, you know. I, I get hurt in fights a lot, you know, uh, sometimes to the body, sometimes to the head. Um, yeah. It's a pretty common thing in a fight, you know. So, uh, you know, I was just uh, just glad that I was able to to suck it up and suffer through it. Now, is that one of your things? Do you try to give the guy like a two point lead in the first round so you can come back and make it that much more dramatic? Is that part of your game plan? <laughs> you would think that it is part of my game plan, but <laughs> in in all actuality, it's not. But. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, if you watch some of my fights, you would probably think that it was. Yeah, it seems like in your last couple fights, you've been hurt early, but uh, you, you just you seem to just kind of weather the storm. Uh, and it seems that you 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 got Eric Silva off his game plan and turned it into a fight. It seems like that's is that part of your thing? Like, I'm going to turn no matter what this guy brings to me, I'm going to turn this into a huge dog fight. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know the. I think the one advantage I'm gonna have over anybody in the world, you know, when it comes to a cage fight, is gonna be the mental will and fortitude. You know, so uh, anytime I can, anytime I, I can make a fight come down to uh, those categories, then I'm gonna. I, I'm a hundred percent confident I'm gonna win every single time. So uh, anytime I, I can bring it into that world, then I'm gonna bring it there. And if I uh, 
Um, you know, if they oblige, then then you know it's going to be a long night for them. If not, then I'm going to keep trying to pull them into the deep waters. But uh, you know, if if they're you know good enough to stay out of there, then we're going to have a different type of fight. Yeah, no, I think Eric Silva was like, there was a look in his face, like, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> and uh, it, it showed. Now, uh, now you you uh, you got one hundred and eighty-two thousand dollars for that fight, uh, right? You got eighty-two thousand. Eighty-two thousand, then they gave you an extra <laughs> an extra hundred. What are you gonna do with that money? Um, I was actually just talking to my wife about that, and <laughs> I'm sure I, she, I'm sure about she was. Fifty things that I was gonna buy, and. She said, I can't buy any of them. What? So, really? Ah, come on. Yeah. I mean, I was going to buy like a, you know, a $100,000 camper <laughs> and like, a, you know, like a race car or something maybe. Are you serious? But Yeah, she's not really having it. <laughs> I mean, I could say. I mean, the, the... She, wants to, she wants to do like all these, what do you call them, like stocks and stuff. <laughs> Oh like my god! Retirement funds and stuff. It's like all that, all that boring. Yeah, come stuff. on. I mean, you're Matt Brown. You're gonna have at least another 400 fights, but you get 182 thousand dollars bonus. Uh, uh, invest the money in the MMA roasted podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you think now? Now uh, we got to talk about. Uh, I remember you, you. You. You have your own podcast, which is really good. And you, you made a, cu- a couple jokes about topless, uh, and then what happened after that? Did you get fined, or did, did anybody say something to you? Um, I got reprimanded. So somebody called and said, "Look, no more, <laughs> no, no more topless jokes." Yeah, they actually wrote me a letter. I said, "Don't do that again." So, now, did your wife? That, find was, this- that was the end of it. <laughs> did your wife find those jokes funny or no? Um. I don't know. Did you find those top of those jokes funny, Colleen? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, by the way, your, your, your wife is a very beautiful lady, uh, and you, you had the, your, uh, your, your two kids cage side. Your kids are what, three years old, four years old? Yeah, three and a half. Were you, were you a little worried that like maybe that your your twins shouldn't be there? That might be a little rough as far as like having them watch dad get punched in the face. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was really you know, it was up to my wife to Colleen. you know was her decision. Um, you mean I, I would have said you know I would have agreed either way if she wanted to or not. Right. But, um. You know, I, I just kind of blocked it out. You know, I didn't really think about it. Um, because I guess there is like a potential possibility of me, you know, getting my face smashed in like that too or something. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I guess I didn't really think about that part. No, because I was watching TV and I was like, whose kids are those? Who Who's crazy enough to bring their kids? And I'm like, oh, wait, that's Matt Brown's kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy fighting is the only guy crazy enough to actually bring his kids there. You would like use that as inspiration yeah. when you're on the I ground. Think my, I think my wife had a. I think she said like she had a game plan in <laughs> case, you know, like in case I was to lost or something bad happened, that she had an escape route or something. She had an yeah right escape route. Now now what what did your kids say to you after the fight? Um, I think they were pretty flabbergasted. Like I think they had no <laughs> clue what was going on. So they, I'm like, what are all these people and what am I doing here? Why are these lights so bright? 
so they didn't really have much to say. <laughs> yeah, neither did Eric Silva. Uh, now, I got to talk. Now, now, Dana White says that you're one fight away from getting a title shot. Uh. Uh, who would you like to fight? Uh, now, there are a couple options you have. You could fight the winner of Ellenberger versus Robbie Lawler, which is going to be Ellenberger. Uh, <laughs> you could fight um, uh, the winner of Rory McDonald versus Tyron Woodley. You could fight Nick Diaz. You could fight Hector Lombard. Who do you want to fight next? Um, I mean, out of all those you listed, I would probably go for Diaz, but I don't think he's even fighting anymore. Um, beyond that, I mean, I guess it would matter who it would depend on who would win all the fights, and um, yeah. So I guess you have to ask me in a couple of weeks after all these uh, fights are settled out. Right now, why do you want to fight Nick Diaz so bad? Um, <laughs> He gave me a multiple choice question. <laughs> so it, it wasn't necessarily like uh, so bad or anything. Right, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you think this? Nick, I mean, I mean, well, Nick Diaz says he wants five hundred thousand dollars for his next fight. Come on. So uh, let's say, I mean, obviously, if you fought Nick Diaz and he's getting five hundred thousand dollars, you'd probably get a pretty big payday as well. Uh, would that be one of the reasons, or would it, is it more of a I match up well against Nick Diaz? I know there's I know there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that fight. Uh, I, I think I could beat Nick Diaz. I mean, what I have better wrestling than him? What? Did I, that's kind of where I'm uh, going with that. Uh, um, well, in terms of the pay, I mean, that's you know, it's between him and the UFC. I have my own contract, but uh, it just you know, you, when you ask me, uh, you know, it's just I just thought of all those people and. And I, I think Nick Diaz would be probably more of a, a war than anybody else. I mean, the dude's not afraid to fight. I mean, he's a, a fucking warrior in his own right. So he likes to come forward. I like to come forward. Yeah, I could see that being a, another, you know, I, I could see that being a, a legendary fight for sure. And of course that's going to interest me. Yeah, of course. That would be a legendary fight. Now, what are you doing? Are, 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 are you like uh Are you in a mine? What are you doing? <laughs> What's that noise back there? Are you like molding something or uh, <laughs> are, are you are making swords? This <laughs> freaking clock that we bought, man. I wound it up and now it goes off like every 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it. This is what you do with your, like, like your money? It doesn't go like uh, <laughs> a 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. It, it rings like 10 times one time and then once the next time. And this thing's all over the place. That's what your wife let you buy with your money? Yeah. Are you sure that, <laughs> you sure that wasn't going off in your head and that we just heard it also? <laughs> that might be what it was. Maybe Eric Silver hit me in the head probably or something. <laughs> now you have an amazing story. I know that you overdosed on heroin at one point. Uh, I have family members that uh, I have immediate family members that have had, had heroin issues. Uh, an awful, awful drug. Uh, how did you kick heroin, by the way? Well, so the the heroin, I was actually never really addicted to it, but I did it maybe like ten times my entire life, and one time I just did too much. <clears throat> Basically, what happened was. Um, you know the doses that um, a lot of a lot of people were using, and the doses I'd used previously. Um, we, we just I think we just got some better. We say that we use the same dose, but we got better quality stuff all of a sudden. Um, so I think basically what we we're using before was was bunk. So we just got the real stuff, and 
<clears throat> and it just hit me too hard one time. It wasn't uh, actually even an addiction, but I will, the things I was addicted to was uh, methamphetamines, and um, that was <clears throat> a way worse addiction. Um, later in life, I was probably more addicted to some uh, painkillers, uh, like Percocets, and <clears throat> those were the ones that uh, really gave me problems. Um, and the, the way that I kicked it was honestly just uh, uh, martial arts. I mean, it probably wasn't anything else that that, that uh, affected my ability to quit as much as going to a gym every day and busting my ass. And just, you know, when I, once I made the conscious decision that I wanted to quit, a lot of people make that decision. Like, okay, I want to quit, but they, they don't find anything to replace it with. Right. Um, I made that decision long before I quit, and then I finally I found something to replace it with. And once I found martial arts, uh, you know, went to gyms and stuff every day, it was really, it was an easy process. Even though I did go through, you know, uh, uh, cold sweats at night and, you know, shaking and, you know, some of that uh, horrible stuff. But it, I couldn't imagine going through that without having something to wake up to the next day that, that I wanted to do something to give me that drive and give me that inspiration. So when I say martial arts, I say my life, you know I mean? It's a, a 100% true statement. That's amazing. Now when you, when you, when you died for when you were legally dead for what, eight minutes or something? Holy smokes. Really? No, 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 no. It was only like a minute 30. I think at, at most. Oh, oh that, well, it, well, they said it. it was like, it was like two oh, minutes. Oh, was that all? <laughs> all right. So, so you were legally dead for a minute and a half. Now, did you see angels or was there hot chicks? No, there? actually, no, I, I, I don't <laughs> even, uh, remember a single thing. Wow. I, except, uh, you know, I woke up at a hospital. Um, my friend had dropped me off at, at the hospital. I didn't even know that she had took me there. So that's crazy. Yeah. Now yeah, I didn't even really remember it. So now, does, but, but once I, I mean, once I woke up, I remembered it. But I don't remember anything from you know when I was out. Now is it hard? Now do some of your old friends that you used to party with like say, "Hey, man, you like changed?" Or do they like some? Do they bother you at all? Um. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit, kind of. They don't really bother me so much, but they just say, like, you know, they're proud of me and they're happy for me. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it depends. You know, there's different personalities. Some people, you know, are happy for me. Like, they knew that um, I, I shouldn't have been in the position, the situations that I was in as a younger person, <clears throat> you know, and, and they knew that I had the potential to not be there and I shouldn't have been there. Uh, but I was anyway, so you know, so they say like they're proud of me or whatever. And then there's the other people that see the success and try to capitalize on it. You know, they say, "Man, we were we were boys back in the day." You know, well, we should hang out now or whatever. And you know, when the reality is, we weren't boys; we were you know drug partners or right. you know or drinking buddies or whatever. So yeah, you know, I just have to, you know, I, I know the reality of of who all these people are. I actually ran into someone who said they were selling Matt Brown heroin, and uh, if you, it'll get you really high, and then you could become the champ one day. And I was like, dude, there's no way he's endorsing this. So uh, <laughs> that's what happened to Philip Seymour Hoffman. He did the same dosage. Oh, come on, really? You had to bring it too soon. You had, to, you, had to bring, you had to bring it there. So now, um. Now I also know that you you had two you had to overcome two herniated discs for this fight. How did how did you overcome that? 
Uh, well, I, <clears throat> sorry. So when it first happened, uh, first thing was I got a cortisone shot, and then it took about two weeks for the cortisone shot to really kick in. Um, and then I had to get another cortisone shot like a month later. Um, and basically every day I, I just did rehab like crazy. I mean, I was just, you know, from first thing in the morning until last thing at night and just doing rehab all day long. Nice. And how's, by the way, how's that football, who's that football player that you're always with? Uh, uh, the guy that was number that, that left college, that the guy from uh, Maurice Claret. Yeah, Maurice Claret. How's he doing, by the way? Yeah, he's doing really well. You know, he's going around. He's doing uh, these motivational speeches. Uh, that's kind of his gig now. Um, yeah, he's going to a lot of churches and uh, schools and helping a lot of people, inspiring a lot of people. Good. He was such a badass. He was a guy, he was that, a running back, right? right? Yeah, he like left college yeah. early, and then and then he had a lot of issues, ended up going to jail, and now he, then I, I like saw him with you, and I was I was really happy that he was doing well because I he, he he you know he's one of those guys that had a lot of bad media around him, and some of it was undeserved, and some like some I guess deserved, but it's it's uh it's good that he's doing well now because he had a lot of potential. Yeah, he's got an awesome story. If you get a chance to watch uh, that that documentary, Thirty on Thirty. Uh, it's amazing. It's called uh, Youngstown Boys, I think. Um, man, it, it's amazing. It tells you know the whole story, and and you want to talk about a, a a freak athlete, man. That guy is something else. Let me tell you. Did he go up to Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a freshman running back. He won basically won the national championship single handedly against Florida. Yeah, he was uh, he, he was something else. But also, I'm talking about freak athletes. I mean, you're a guy who did you even wrestle in high school? I didn't. Uh, I wrestled my freshman year. <laughs> so you wrestled it. one year, freshman year, and now word on the street is that you're beating up Olympic wrestlers. Uh, is is that is that true? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm beating them up. I ain't. <laughs> now these guys, uh, that's what they do for a living. You know, they wrestle. Every day for many years, I'm not. I'm definitely not beating them up. I'm learning from them. Is what I'm doing. But you're, but you're hanging with them, correct? Um, uh, yeah, I, I do pretty decent. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, tell you what they tell me, and that's, you know, they can't believe that I do as well as I do, uh, being that I never wrestled. You know, so uh, I, I wouldn't. I can't take anything away from those guys. You know, they, they could, they could beat me at a wrestling match any day of the week. But, you know, I'm, I'm learning from them for sure. But, yeah, I mean, you're hanging with the Olympic wrestlers for a guy with no Olympic training. Uh, you were a guy that was left for dead years ago. You decided to, do, to get into martial arts to, to kick a drug problem. And, and, and now you're uh, potentially one fight away from winning a title. I mean, you've come a long way, a long way. Your wife should let you spend that money, by the way. That's, that's complete nonsense. <laughs> put, her, put her on the phone, man. Yeah, put, her put, her, put your wife on the phone. We have to talk to her. Hey, uh, Colleen. They want to interview you. <laughs> Yeah, right now. Please get on the phone. Roasted. Yes. Please get on the phone. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Colleen. How's it going? Good. How's it going for you? Good, good, good. We're, we're uh, big fans of you and your, and your husband and the family at uh, MMA Roasted here. Uh, but we do have one issue. So, uh, Let so, him buy a race car. So Matt says he wants to buy a race car and, a, oh, God. Uh, and an RV. <laughs> and an, R- an RV, and you're not letting him do that. No, he needs to settle down. <laughs> well, that's that's when he he did that when he married you. Yeah, right. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, seriously, this is a, I mean, this is a guy who's out there every. He's won seven fights in a row. He, he's he's kicking some, but he's beating some of the best guys. You know, Mike Pyle, Eric Silva. Uh, I mean, I know it's crazy. I mean, don't you think he's entitled to get a race car? <laughs> Wait a minute! What's going on here? Did he tell you to say all this? No, he didn't tell us that. But but it, it just seems that that you're 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 holding him down. You're 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 uh, cock blocking him from a race car. I know. Car. <laughs> well, see, Matt likes to say that he's the head and I'm the neck, and without the neck, the head would fall off. So oh. I think I'm helping him. By, you know, telling him, like, wait a minute, we're not buying a camper. Hold on. We're not buying a race car. Mm. Let's settle down. <laughs> I was, I, I, you know, it's funny. I was but believe me, I, I'm going to let him have some fun. Like, he can take me out oh on a date. We God. can go have some fun. We can go to the Ooh. beach. Like, I'd be down for all that. <laughs> race cars and campers. Eh. Wait, I don't know. Wait, $180,000 take you out on a date and go to the beach? I mean, what about the rest? <laughs> That's like, that's like $7 right there. I, I don't understand. I know. Maybe I'm not being fair. No, I understand. I mean, maybe the injured part, you don't want him to get injured in a race car. I could I could see that, you know? Yeah, could... yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A camper, you can get the family, load the family up at yeah, the camper, what go a... across the country, see sights, have family time. Come on, give him a camper. Yeah, what about a camper? Maybe, maybe we'll t- I'll talk to him about like a pop-up camper or something. Not well, like oh, just come on. Don't, RV. Don't be that because... family. You know, he would end up, like, traveling all over the country, and I'd be in the back with the twins, losing my mind, and he'd be, like, wanting to go camp out for the rest of our lives with no electricity and live off the land, and I would be in tears. <laughs> now, now, by the way, where did you meet Matt? Uh, we met in Las Vegas, actually. Oh, and what, how, what were you doing there? <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's a really classy story. So I was 20 and I moved from Massachusetts to Vegas by myself. And I was there for about two weeks. One of my friends had drove out with me and it was her last night there. So we said, okay, let's go out. Let's celebrate your last night here. And I'm staying. So let's go have fun. So we went to Jet Nightclub. I had a fake ID. And we went to Jet Nightclub. And it was right after the... um Ryan Thompson fight. Right. So Matt was there with um, some of his corners, like Mark Beecher, and I don't even remember who else. And um, yeah, we we started dancing. He bought me a beer, and uh, that's like illegal. You weren't even numbers. you weren't even twenty one. <laughs> you weren't even twenty one back then. That's illegal. No, I wasn't. I yeah, I was a young grasshopper. <laughs> that's what he kept saying. So he, wait, so Matt comes and, up to you and says, "Hey, you're a young grasshopper. Do do you want a beer?" And this actually works. Yep. Yep, wow. it worked. It totally worked, and here we are, six years later, two babies, married, living wow. in Ohio with a garden. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you had me until the Ohio part. Life got really exciting. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's good. So, so Matt Brown said, hey, he goes, hey, young grasshopper, let me buy you a beer, and then, and then, that, and then that was it. Then you were, you, were, you, you, you were hooked. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, it's funny because he actually wasn't living in Vegas when we met. He was only there for about two weeks. So we hung out, we went hiking, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. And then it was almost Thanksgiving. He's like, well, I need to go home. Like, I got to go have Thanksgiving with my family and I don't really live here. So that was it. We were like, okay, you know, like, let's stay in touch or whatever. And then, you know, I was still in Vegas. Um, so he left and we talked probably every day, phone and emails and everything. And, and then um, 
like a month later, he was like, hey, uh, I'm going to move to Vegas. Do you want to fly out to Ohio and drive back with me? <laughs> and of course, all my family and friends were like, you're crazy. Like, he could be a serial killer. Like, you don't even know him. You can't do that. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't think he's a serial killer. So I'm going to go. And I flew to Ohio. Wow. And we drove to Vegas. And... uh <laughs> Yeah, and that was it. We were together. <laughs> That's wow. funny that your parents were worried about you driving back from Ohio with Matt, but they were cool with the 20-year-old moving to Las Vegas by herself. <laughs> well, yeah. I, yeah, they weren't really cool with anything I was doing when I was 20, so they didn't really support the move or me, you know, driving cross-country with a stranger. But I don't know. I guess I just, you know, I followed my guts, and I'm glad I did, and they're glad too because it was the best thing that ever happened to me, you know? Aww. Do you, do, you, do you have any hot friends? Do I have any hot friends? Yeah. Um, I don't really have any friends. It's really sad. <laughs> well, actually, I do. But two of my friends are married, and they're uh, both really beautiful. Rachel Spawn and Randy Razor. They're both really, really beautiful, but they're married. So, sorry, guys. Uh, um, and I have a couple friends in Massachusetts, but yeah. they're, they're kind of wild. So. Mm. Oh. You, know, so you say that like as a bad I'm really thing. not much help there. Oh, that's all right. Well, you should let Matt get an R- <laughs> let Matt get an RV. Uh, thank you. C- congratulations okay. on, on on everything. Uh, and, I will definitely, yeah. and I'll think about the RV. I'm not making any promises. Nice. I gotta keep him in line, you know. Yes, you have a very cute family. By the way. <laughs> very cute family. All right. Well, hey, it was nice talking to you guys. Thank you. You too. You too. All right. You want Matt back on, or you guys? Nah, yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah. No, no, I'm just no, kidding. No, I yeah, put it back yeah, on. Yeah, I want Matt back on. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, guys. Here you Hello. Hey, what's up, man? I wanted to keep talking to her, man. Can you put her back on the yeah, phone? Yeah, no, dude, you, you, you got a hot... <laughs> she's, like, she's really cute. Wait, so you you went up to her when she was 20 and said you're a hot grasshopper? Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, I said, I said she's a young grasshopper. Oh, she's a young grasshopper. But no, that wasn't like my pickup line or nothing. Oh, uh, it sounded like that was your pickup uh, line. My pickup line was like, hey, you want to be here? You want to get drunk? <laughs> hey, you want to get drunk? You're you're a young grasshopper. Nice. Yeah, I like it, man. So, uh, so Matt, man. So what's so what's all right? So when do you go back to training? By the way. Um, I don't know, see, I'll, I'll probably you know do some running and lifting this week, and then next week I'll start. Uh, uh, I'm probably doing some grappling, jujitsu, wrestling, and. Nice. Yeah, I, I know. I'm that, all healthy, so you know I can go back pretty much anytime. I, I know. I know. I know that you uh, you train over with Matt Hume still, correct? No, I haven't been out there in a few years, actually. Oh yeah. Oh, not at all. Okay, I was gonna say. I was uh, who, now. Who are your main training partners? Um, mainly guys. Uh, training partners. Uh, mainly guys that probably haven't heard of. I, I do use a lot of uh, uh, amateur guys and. Um, you know, I mean, different, uh, each camp is, uh, you know, I have different guys, you know, for each camp, but, you know, my main core group of guys aren't really uh, popular guys. That's amazing. And then, uh, that's, that's amazing that, like, you're not with a big camp and you're doing so well. It seems, seems like most of the guys are, like, with American Top Team or they're with, you know, the guys over at the Black Zillions or they're at Greg Jackson. You kind of do your own thing. Yeah, I don't really think it's necessary. I mean... Um, I've been to a lot of places. I've been to you know top camps and everything, but you know uh, what? In the end, no matter where you go, you're still there. You know, and it's going to come down to how hard you work and everything. You know, the um, and I, I kind of like having my 
coaches, you know, the same guys I've had for years. And um, I like having uh, guys that, that, you know, put their uh, more uh, focus on me specifically rather than just going and being uh, one of many. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Now, I got to ask you, you were in the, I know you're a huge heavy metal fan, and you were in the crowd when Dimeg Daryl got shot? Yes, I was. Uh, what what that what happened there? Um, well, there's actually a video that that just came out. I imagine that's why uh, you heard about it. Um, it kind of tells the whole story, but uh, basically, yeah, yeah, I was just uh, right there. I was in the the second uh, row. I mean, you know, I don't know how you call row. I was on the floor, you know, and there was one. The, the only people in front of me was those that were trying, you know, pushing on the gate that the security people were holding back. And then, uh, you know, the mosh pit was right behind me. Um, I was probably 10, 15 feet from Dimebag, you know, and watched. Uh, well, I didn't watch him get shot. I actually thought that he got stabbed first. I didn't, I didn't, don't remember at least hearing the first time shot. And then I thought he got stabbed. And I was like, man, you know, let's uh, try to rush the stage, blah, blah, or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden he started shooting and realized, like, you know, this is uh, not a good thing about to happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what you think, you know. I mean, it's just a, a crazy little thing that happened. So, you know, I, I started to run at first and then I turned around and um, and faced him and thought, man, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get shot in my back. I mean. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's just shooting random shots. Like, I have just as much of a chance looking at him as I do of running away. Yeah, I didn't, the, the crowds were falling over themselves, and, um, you know, the, the door was all the way in the back. I mean, I think it might have been like a fire exit close or something. But either way, um, so I didn't end up getting shot. But someone right next to me got shot. I, think, I don't think they died. But Did you, did you uh, think, like, hey, was there a thought of like maybe I should go tackle this guy or maybe I yeah should... at first I mean you know and then um, you know like I said I went until I realized that he had a gun <laughs> I was like that'd be kind of dumb but, but uh, it was kind of actually my original thought was like uh, everybody in this place should run towards him and try to attack him but you know when I wasn't going to be the only one to do that because you know I'm going to definitely get killed you know yeah. But I, you know, in my mind, it was like if every single one of us went after him, then you know there would be less deaths than than if everybody ran away. That's insane. I would think that maybe you'd catch one of the bullets with your like your teeth or something. It seems just that's. <laughs> well, I mean that crossed my mind too. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> All right, so we have some. Actually, the craziest part was when uh, so uh, he was you know shooting our shots, and then there was you know kind of a little time gap. So I stood behind the, the pillar, and I could see the back entrance, and that was when I watched the cop come in. He was an off-duty cop, I guess, and he heard it on a scanner, and he, he stopped uh, at the, the theater or the villa or whatever, and uh, I seen him come in with a shotgun and shoot the Nathan Gale's head off. Like, I was like, that was what? the craziest thing I've ever seen. What? Wow. He did yeah. what? He shot the guy's Nathan head Gale off. Nathan Gale was the name of the shooter. Yeah, and he and shot him in the so head the, with so the, the shotgun. Duty cop came in the back. Yeah, well, the, guy, well, the, guy, the guy was shooting random people. Well, no, I'm just saying, like you saw that happen, like you saw his head basically yeah. explode. Yeah. Wow. Holy smokes! 
And wow. then, so yeah, then I just I went outside, you know, and I'm just kind of like trying to, you know, catch my wits. Like, you know, I mean, I had a few beers. I'm like, you know, am, am I really drunk or did this just happen? You know, I'm, all kinds of crazy shit goes to your head, right? And uh, so I go back inside, you know, to see what what just happened. And I, I, the first thing I see is a dime bag on the floor oh. like with his guitar. Um, you know, wrapped around him still, and just blood all over him. Is his brother in? Is his brother in the band too? In Pantera also? It, well, it was uh, Damage Planned, which was after Pantera. But yeah, Benny Paul was okay. the drummer. Right. Yeah. So his, um, that was the the first thing uh, I noticed was is I when the first hour I was fighting, they killed Damage. I was looking at the drummer and the bassist and. And I just remember seeing uh, See, Benny Paul, the drummer, you know, stop his drum and look over. And I was, you know, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why does the song stop? And then I look over and die back down. Wait, so now when you see this guy get his head blown off by a shotgun, was that, that must have been the most insane thing you ever seen in your life, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely at the top of the list of the most insane things I've ever seen. <laughs> wait, what else on no the list? If that's, uh, that's, wait. What, that's what I was laughing at. It's on the top of the list. It's on the top of the list? <laughs> And if I really think about it, there's there's probably some things that are up there. Wow, I got to hear about this list. The the ten craziest things that Matt Brown. uh, That that is that's that's nuts. Um, Is 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 Carlos Condit being ranked ahead of you? Uh, One of the people things on like the list because that that should be up there. Uh, But um. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, so uh, questions from the underground, and then we're going to wrap it up. From, uh, from LeBlue, uh, Matt Brown, uh, what does you do for strength and conditioning? I heard he does unorthodox things like carry barrels around and stuff. Very curious. Yeah, I think he's getting that from uh, Joe Rogan. I listened to that Joe Rogan thing with Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub, and Joe Rogan was saying something about my strength and conditioning. He had it all along. I have no idea what he, where he got some of the stuff he was talking about. Saying I carry like big gallons of, or jugs of water or something, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, my strength conditioning program, though, is it, it probably is unique compared to most fighters. But like we we do a lot of uh, yeah five minute rounds, uh, really heavy things. Um, I like to say that the the majority of my strength uh, strength work I, I don't even like all strength and conditioning because I do the majority the vast majority of my conditioning in on the mats you know and then I do some sprints and stuff also um, but it's more strength training and uh, I, I like to say that the the main thing I do for my strength training is pick shit up and carry it <laughs> I, I don't think that there's really you know, much more difficult than that. So, and it's not necessarily, you know, uh, awkward, unorthodox things. I mean, I do like farmer's handles, um, a weighted wheelbarrow is, is my favorite thing. I'm actually even going to be starting to make those myself, manufacture them myself. Because um, nobody really manufactures them, so we're starting a business doing that. Um, you know, kettlebells. Um Lots of things. I mean, uh, my my program is definitely uh, unique um, than than others, but 
I don't think it's as crazy as as, uh, some people make it out to be. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Matt, man, look, it's a a pleasure having you on. Where can people find you? On Twitter and follow you and stuff? Uh, I am the immortal. At I am the immortal, Matt. Man, you're you are. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank your wife for having her on as well. Uh, I'd love to have you on anytime, dude. You're you're a badass fighter, and I'm a huge fan. So. Uh, All right. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, man. Thank you for being on. Take care, Matt. All right. Thanks. Later. Yeah. What a what a badass dude. All right. That was Matt Brown. Uh, crazy crazy life of Matt Brown, man. I I. I, I I I would love to see him versus Nick, Nick Diaz. That would probably be a fight for the ages, man. I I don't know what I think. I, I mean, obviously, I think Matt, Matt Brown wins that fight, but uh, Nick Diaz is never not in an entertaining fight, and yeah, he's never uh, a dull fight. and never a dull fight. And same with Matt Brown. So I don't know. I mean, it depends. I mean, it depends who who's you know. I can see them just punching each other in the face for like <laughs> for twenty five minutes if it's a five round fight. Both have excellent cardio. Both have incredible will. It's a tough fight to call, actually. I don't yeah. know. I mean, who do you, who do you think wins that fight? That's uh, hard to say, man. Uh, you never count out the Stockton slap. Never. St- yeah, but, but Matt Brown, obviously, I would say, has been more active than yeah. Nick Diaz. But Nick Diaz is the kind of guy that runs marathons on his own. Yeah, so s- Swims 25,000 miles. I think the fans win that fight. The fans win oh, that yeah. fight, you know, and uh, make it happen. I don't know if they're, they're going to give Nick his $500,000. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be see that happen, qu- quite a less sum. But if you put that fight on, uh, on, like a, on Fox, like a Saturday Fox card, I think the entire world, I mean, every, who's not going to watch Matt Brown versus Nick Diaz? And I think it would talk about getting the average person into MMA. Right. People would love that. Other than the fact that there might be, you know, middle fingers yeah, I was plenty. About to say middle fingers <laughs> and curses and possibly a uh, brawl afterwards. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but other than that, I would say do it. Let's do it. Well, thank you, Matt Brown. And I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for calling in. Huge fan. All right, so we have the legend. Pat Miletic, yeah. uh, he's the first UFC welterweight champion, UFC 16 tournament winner. He's uh, founded the Miletic Fighting Systems. He's a legend, and we're happy to have him on. How are you, Pat? Good, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for doing our podcast. So uh, what's going on? Uh, you know what? Just uh, a little downtime. My, uh, my uh, nine-year-old daughter has a golf lesson going on right now, and then she has swim practice right after this, so I'm being dad. Nice. You, now, you have three daughters, correct? Yes, I do. And how old are they? I have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-month-old. Oh, congratulations, man. Nice. Thank you. If you have yeah, any more kids. Yeah. Uh, my house is called Estrogen Island. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bad for, like when your daughters get older for like their boyfriends. Oh, God. Can you imagine, like, oh, me, uh, this, this is my dad, Pat Militich. I, I'd be running for the, for the hills. So, I, feel, I, feel bad for, I feel bad for the boys, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Jake Ellenberger just joined us, by the way. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Jake? I'm doing well. Doing really well. Awesome. Good, good. Now, now Jake, Pat was your first coach, correct? Yeah. Um... Pat's gym was actually the, the first uh, training facility that I that I went to in uh, in Bettendorf. I grew up in Omaha, so it, yeah, in Bettendorf. Yep. And, and uh, man, I had some some fun rounds there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I, I would have liked, liked to have kept uh, you and your brother around longer, but you guys had to do your thing. I know. <laughs> really, you guys went big time and left. No, big time. I can't no, believe you no. Hollywood it, Pat Militich. Hey, that's. <laughs> 
Never did that. No, it, it was a little bit of a drive, but uh, yeah, we we would go, first we would go up and you know sometimes hit the, the the Wednesday night sparring sessions and boy it'd be it'd be some tough nights. There. Who were some of the guys that you sparred with back then? I I sparred with Pat quite a bit of Jens, you know, and and uh, Spencer. You know, he he those guys were all Hughes was his, his the champ at the time too. It was it was a room full of studs. Now I, I know that uh, Jake's got a fight. Two weeks against Robbie Lawler, another guy that you, that you coached. Uh, any any advice for Jake on how to beat Robbie? <laughs> advice? Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, he's not going to give you advice. <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, both those guys, I, they're two of my favorites, actually. I mean, both great guys and stuff. So I, I when I heard that it was announced, I really, I kind of dreaded to hear that, you know, because they're both, both really good guys. Um, obviously, both going to make a paycheck together, but, you know, one of them's going to, one of them's got to lose, one of them's got to win, unfortunately. And yeah, both hit very hard, Robbie. both great athletes. So, you know, that's, that's, that's not, one that I, not one that I will enjoy watching, I can tell you. I told Jake to keep his hands down and go punch for punch with him. Uh, <laughs> is that bad advice? Is that bad advice? Um, only those who have been hit by Rob would understand. Now, 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 is it true that Robbie didn't uh, he, he 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 didn't spar for a couple of years? Like he he sparred at your gym, but then he's like, you know what? I'm done sparring at your gym. And he, he just he just trained there by himself. Well, it was more he just didn't. I don't think he enjoyed you know putting it on his friends, guys that he that he liked a lot. Um, I think he was also concerned with with the wear and tear that he saw myself and, and some of the older guys uh, in the gym going through with injuries and, and things like that. So I think he, he sat back and was very observant of, of things like that. But, you know, I ended up honestly putting him with 200 drivers and, and heavyweights were the people that he generally had to spar with because 170 pounders and 85 pounders um, would get, you know, you get knocked out, period. Right, right. Now, I know that... um. Now Matt Hughes was one of your uh, was one of the guys that you trained, and you were the 170 pound champ, and you went up to 185 to not fight not fight Matt Hughes, correct? No, I was I was told I either go up to 185 or I will will be done fighting in the UFC. So that's why I told them, you know, when they told me, here was the deal: was when I lost the title to Carlos Newton. I was told if I won one fight, I'd be back and fighting for the title because there was an automatic rematch clause in my in my contract. Problem was is that they decided that they put together the same co-main event of Pedro Rizzo and Randy Couture and myself and, and Carlos Newton in Vegas as I had been out at the Trump Taj Mahal. So they called me and said, listen, we don't want it to look like we don't have any fighters. Um, we'll give the fight to Matthews or somebody from a different camp, but it's, that's in your, that, the ball's in your court. And I said, well, I told Matt I'd make him a champ, so give him a shot. I think he can beat Carlos. And uh, after he beat Carlos, my talk with Dana White and the Fertitas was, listen, I don't care, I'll be gatekeeper. You know, I've, I've had my run as champ, and and, uh, and I said, now you're either going to go up to 185 or you're done. So I went up to 185, and quite frankly, I was too small for that weight division. Was was uh, for the most part pretty pretty disheartened after being a champ for three and a half years and being told that that it was that easy to get rid of me and discard me. I was pretty much done at that point anyway. Yeah, that's crazy. I I because like the the word on the street was that you just uh, didn't want to fight Matt Hughes, you know. Well, of course I, I didn't want to fight Matt, and I wasn't going to fight Matt, and that's why I said I'd be the gatekeeper at one seventy. But uh, they had other ideas. 
I heard that. Well, you, I heard. I heard you used to throw around Matt Hughes in practice. That like you would basically just toss him out of the, the out, out, out of the uh, wrestling room. Is that is that true? Uh, not so much. <laughs> oh. No, I mean, I would I would obviously get the better of Matt standing up. I mean, I had a lot of experience striking and had wrestled my whole life. But Matt was a very good wrestler and, and obviously one of the best in the in the sport period um, with his wrestling ability. So it was it was. Uh, Monday and Wednesday nights, I got the better of him, and usually Tuesday and Thursday nights, he got the better of me. Now, uh, what's funny about your, your wrestling is that you know you you were a very good wrestler. You wrestled in college for a little bit. Some of the guys you beat in the UFC or beat in MMA, you beat Townsend Saunders. And I remember having Townsend Saunders wrestling shoes. Uh, he was an Olympic silver medalist, and you beat him. Uh, now. Was that just? How do you go into a fight against Townsend Saunders? I mean, what, what was your preparation for that fight? What was it like beating him? Take us through that. Well, you know the guys that I was wrestling with were um, very good wrestlers: Steve Rust, Matthews, guys like that. And Steve Rust was the scariest guy I've ever trained. Nobody's ever heard of him, but uh, there really wasn't a world champ that I ever trained that that he couldn't just throw around like rag dolls. Um, you know, so what, 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 what happened to that, him? What's that? What happened to him? Um, he, you know, he was one of the best Greco guys in the world. And then he injured his neck. He was at the University of Illinois. Um, he fought four fights, four pro fights. Uh, they all lasted about thirty seconds. But you know, he was he was one. He was concerned with his neck and uh, was starting a family and things like that. And he said, you know, I don't want to risk you know paralysis. So you know, I'll just come in and help guys get ready for fights. And he'd come in and. Um, be, you know, he'd be hunting for a week and he'd come in, you know, come into the wrestling room after being on a hunting trip, smash everybody in the room, uh, for a couple of days and then leave for a couple more days to go hunt again and come back in and crush everybody again. And, and, uh, you know, so I was used to wrestling with guys like that. And I thought, holy shit, uh, how good is Saunders going to be? You know, obviously he's one of the, one of the best in the world, but, but it wasn't so, uh, it wasn't nearly what I had expected. Um, compared to the guys that I think wrestling more. Right now, uh, I mean that's that's still amazing. Now you you uh, you started fighting. I heard uh, you you were in college for wrestling, and you started fighting professionally to pay your your your, your, your uh, mother was sick, and you actually started fighting to, so you could help pay her bills. Yeah, she um, she had heart problems. She had some surgeries and ended up having to quit working and stuff. So it's, you know, bills were piling up, and things were things were looking a little bleak and. And uh, I wasn't done competing, obviously. And so I uh, I kind of stumbled into it, actually. I was pouring concrete. You know, one of the guys on my concrete crew um, told me that kickboxers and karate guys were, were the toughest guys in the world. And I said, yeah, you're smoking crack. Those wrestlers will kill them. And uh, he said, well, come into the come into the gym and, and we'll find out. And so... <laughs> I went in and he gave me a three week pass and I went in and they were teaching me katas and at the time, you know, growing up wrestling and I boxed a little bit when I was younger and I thought this, you know, this is a joke. Uh, and I was getting ready to actually just walk away and then Friday came and I said, I'm going to go one more day and see what the hell this is. And, and I'm glad I did because that was sparring day. And so I sat in and I watched all the black belt sparring and a bunch of kickboxers going at it. And I said, okay, this is, this is, this is what I could do. So uh, that's how I got started, and uh, fought some kickboxing matches, and ended up winning the Muay Thai title and in, the in, uh, United States title in Muay Thai, and, and uh, fought some pro boxing, and, 
and then the UFC came along, and it dawned on me that my sport had finally been invented. To be honest with you. But as a young man growing up in Iowa, didn't you, you used to get a lot of like street fights? Um, yeah, you can say I've had a few. Yeah. Um, but once I started fighting professionally in boxing and kickboxing, that that pretty much went away. But I think I think Mr. Ellenberg. Ellenberger will understand. You know, when you grow up a wrestler, you're a little ornery. You know, you, know, you generally won't take shit off people. And, and if somebody steps up to the plate, you're gonna, you're gonna oblige them. That's still, that's still amazing that you became a pro fighter to, to prove some guy pouring concrete that wrestlers were tougher than kickboxers. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's an amazing story. Um, now, when you beat Andre, uh, Andre Petneras, uh, you stopped him in the second. Uh, how concerned were you about his jujitsu? Well, I knew that. I knew that he was one of the best on the planet at jiu-jitsu, um, but he had to take me down first, and that was something that you know I, I obviously didn't think he could do. Um, but crazy things, <laughs> crazy things can happen with jiu-jitsu guys. And you know, my main goal was to just try and get him out of there standing up. And, but uh, no, he's very slick and, and currently still one of the absolute best coaches, jiu-jitsu coaches that are all on the planet. And then when you fought Dan Severn for 20 minutes, how much weight advantage did Dan Severn have on you at that time? <laughs> 100-something pounds. I think it was like 85, something like that, 90. Um, God, what was that? Probably, I think without cutting weight, I was probably at the time 185 in good shape. Um, so he was about 275. I mean, take us yeah. through that fight. I mean, you're going up against a guy who's a legendary wrestler, one of the best on, on the planet, who's got you by 85 pounds. Good God. Uh, wh I mean, what's going through your head at that time, and how did you manage to, to have a draw against him? Well, it was, we had to, uh, somebody had to win definitively, either a knockout or a submission to be declared the winner, so it was going to be a draw. But you know, it was a really hot, I think it was July or August, it was like 95 degrees at night, very humid and... and probably lucky for me because the canvas was very slippery so uh, I was only on top of it I think once or twice in the fight and uh, when I was underneath him I was able to kind of squirm out of tight spaces and, and avoid some of the elbows and, and knees and stuff because back then it was legal to knee to the head when you had somebody down so when he was cross-sided on me it was you know that, that that's not a good place to be under damn seven when you can knee in the head and the elbow you so I was able to kind of squirm so that might have been a little luck involved too yeah, that that was a different like time too. Like, people don't realize <clears throat> during that time period of like, you know, you could front headlock and knee guys in the head, and and it was it was a lot more brutal than it is now. I mean, now you know people start playing the game, they touch the canvas, and it's like it's not like it was back then when there wasn't even there wasn't a lot of rules, and, and neither I don't think the ref really enforced a lot of them either. Or weight classes, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about like uh, some of the current topics, like the f fighter pay or? Um, guys bitching about pay or do these guys are underpaid or I mean how, how do you feel about this well I think that there has to be number one competitions between promoters and that uh, I think that that will eventually be addressed I think that there's things happening that that uh, are coming about that I think things will level off and I hadn't even heard of it before but media people started calling me asking me about a, a major lawsuit against the USC and I haven't even I don't know anything about it but if the media knows something about it I don't know maybe they they obviously know more than me but there's there's some things happening I think fighters are are you know and you don't expect guys who are in the middle of their career climbing trying to win a UFC title to speak out about things right? 
they're going to have to have people like, you know, a massive law firm do a class action or whatever it's going to be um, to to get the UFC to to be able to, uh, you know, for comp- competition to even be able to start because there's a lot of people with a lot of money out there that don't even want to get into the sport because of the way the UFC has it locked up. And, and uh, you know, you look at look at boxing and Mayweather making $70, $80 million his last two fights each. Um, now, that doesn't leave a whole lot of money for the guys on the undercut, but at the same time, you know, if, you, if you're a fighter, you're, you're in it to become a world champion. And that's the kind of money that guys would like to make, at least, you know, 10, 15, 20 million per fight, because how long is our career? Um, but in boxing, you know, if, if, uh, if I and another guy are the two best guys in the world and we decide to fight each other, well, we can, we can, we can talk to different promoters and say, listen, you know, we're taking 50% each. You can cut into that. You can take 10% of each of our percentages for 20, 25% maybe, and we'll let you promote it. And they'll talk to Don King, Bob Aaron, Golden Boy, people like that. And that's the power that the fighters have in boxing um, because of the Muhammad Ali Act. Well, that doesn't exist in MMA, and it quite frankly should because the fighters should have the ability to uh, to pick who they want to promote for them. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. And uh, I think that maybe like a fighter union would would, would might be a, an idea to toss around. Um, now... Uh, there's word on this also. Well, I keep saying that. Now, what is this about you being a Freemason? Yeah, I, I am a Freemason. Yes, I am. Now, what is a Freemason? I don't even know what that is. Well, we got we got some education here, buddy. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, no, yeah, no I, I mean, I, I like looked it up, and there were a lot of different definitions of it. And uh, you're you're part of some soci- some secret society or something. What, what exactly is this? Well, you can look at it this way. I mean, there have been a lot of very pivotal people in history who were Freemasons, 17 presidents, um, obviously a lot of senators, a lot of congressmen, um, Winston Churchill, you know, people like that around the world. Um, There's probably six to seven million Freemasons right now currently on the planet. Um, But even guys like John Wayne, you know, great actors who who have been Freemasons. And basically, you could ask 10 Masons, what Freemason, what what being a Freemason is, and ten of them could give you ten different answers, and they'd all be right. Um, but it is a a group of a group of men who who uh, try to surround themselves with men who have aspirations in life and want to do great things for not only their own families but for society in general. And and uh, there are it is a secret society, but there are no technically no secrets. Um, and until you become one, you truly don't understand what being a Freemason is. So how often do you guys meet? <laughs> uh, well, there's what's called a stated meeting, which is usually the first either Monday through Friday of the month. And uh, then depending on that, there's what's called degree work, where people who want to become Freemasons go through first, second, or third degree. And uh, so it just depends on when those are scheduled. But generally, you know, We'll have one meeting a month with a couple times people going through degree work or something like that. So, so you guys just show up to some like some kind of like hidden church and just a throw warehouse. out a, a warehouse and throw out ideas. No, no. There's if you look at uh, if you were to Google search Freemason lodges in your own hometown, you would uh, you'd be able to find them and go right to them and, and even talk to the guys on uh, when they're having a stated meeting. You could sit down with them and ask them questions and and uh, what it is about 
Freemasonry that that might appeal to you. Hmm. And the only two prerequisites to being a Freemason is one, you've got to believe in God, whatever God may be to you, and two, you can't have any felonies. Hmm. Um, so T-Rex as long as you're not a troublemaker <laughs> and, and you believe in, in a superior entity, they might let you in. Ah, I'm in. <laughs> Were any of the Rothschilds Freemasons? Uh, I think there's maybe one or two, but for the most part, they are not. And, uh, you know, that's that's the thing that people, there's a lot of, you know, legend and rumors and and technically just flat-out bullshit that's been written about Freemasons. Yeah, um, like New World Order? That, uh, it's you know, a, the, yeah, the, the, the fact that the New World Order falls under the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission and the Central Bank, those three together, the, those would be your... your uh, New World Order. That has nothing to do with Freemasons. Though. Is Tim Sylvia a Freemason? <laughs> no. No, he, no, he's not. He's just a Mason. He's laying bricks right he, now. He's just a Mason. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, now, I heard your only regret in life is getting that tribal band tattoo. Is that true? Or? To, to what? Wait, wait, what? I heard your only regret is getting that tribal band tattoo. Is that is that true or no? The, oh no! I've got trust me. I've got a lot of regrets in life. Oh, I, a few I, here and there. I know. But, I, was, um, I, I was just I've, kidding. I've, I've, made, I've made a few mistakes in my life. Nobody, nobody gets through life without without making mistakes. It's just as long as you learn from them. Well, Pat Militich, you are a legend. Uh, we would love to have you back on the show anytime. Anytime. Uh, you you are quite an interesting human being, and uh, and you're an awesome fighter, and you're an awesome coach. And uh, Pat, I got to tell you, the only reason I came in today was to they told me they were they were talking to you, so I just got done training. So I I, I, I hurried up to come over. Here. Sorry, Adam, but Pat's. Hey, man, I appreciate it, guys. And, and uh, yeah, anytime you want to. Let me come back on the show and run my mouth up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, take care, man. Have a uh, great week. All right, guys. Thanks, Pat. Later, buddy. He still looks like he would whoop some ass. Though. Oh, he would whoop some ass, dude. <laughs> like, every time I've seen him out, he's just like, always got a smile on his face. You know, it's funny because it, a lot of people who don't know Pat Militage, he's one of the mentally toughest human beings I've ever trained with. Like, yeah. I remember a couple of time, a couple of times we're sparring, uh, he puts me down with a body shot and his, you know, and he's like, get up, get up. You know, like one of those, you know, you kind of, you know, when you're, when you're training, you're learning how to fight. It's like, you got to get past these, these barriers. And then he's, he dropped me a few times, but it'd be like, get up, do it again. Do you think we should have a live show from the Freemason meeting? We should do like a live podcast. <laughs> how we crash the Freemason that- <laughs> we'll crash the Freemason and then be like, oh, by the way, we want to join, but we also want to have a show here. And, uh, <laughs> It seems pretty cool. But why aren't women allowed? That's not that's not cool. They, they have some good ideas, right? The skirts don't know what they're talking about. Uh, seriously, why this should be men and women. I, I think that it should be free. <laughs> no? No nobody's with me in that one? All right. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake Ellenberger, man. So Jake came in late, which yeah, thanks uh, for showing up. The fact that you came is still like, amazing. I know you've been training. How's it going? Man? Yeah, it's good. No, I actually I really look forward to coming in. So um, it's everything's good though. Training's going really well. Um, you know, I, I enjoy coming in here and kicking it with you guys. It's training has been uh, it's been hell, but it's been good, man. It's it's got to be. You got to put yourself in a lot of uncomfortable places, but uh, everything's right where it should be. So what did you uh, what did you do today? You're you're with Edmund, right? Did you, did you spar with the Armenians, or what exactly? Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Of, this is like our, our speed week, so we we sparred a little bit. I've been sparring with a guy who's uh, 
so a couple, well, a few different guys, but a couple of Muay Thai and a couple of really fast boxers. And you do just stand up, no, no wrestling, no grappling. Oh uh, no, we do MMA. We'll do both. Yeah, but you know, I've been a lot of a lot of focus on on just being aware, seeing seeing things, and and uh, defense, just moving. So, but aren't you killing those guys? Because those are the most, mostly boxers. Aren't you like busting their like as far as MMA? Aren't you just taking them down? Yeah. Well, there's a few guys that are that actually do MMA. The, the Muay Thai guys. There's a few guys that actually fight MMA, but. Uh, it's tough because when the, a lot of the guys I'm going with are fresh, you know. So it's like you know you go with two two round with this guy and then you go with a fresh guy. So it's like these guys are sure maybe not as not as skilled, but they're fresh. So yeah. it's definitely tough. And you're also at Rain and Kings as well. Yeah, I've been at Rain a lot. Mm-hmm. I haven't been at Kings as, as as much as I'd like to be, but uh, you know you only got so much time. So how's that going? Are you training with uh, Mark? Yeah, yeah, been with uh, with Mark and, and Daryl Daryl Christians. Uh, one of the he was a Greco national champ. Uh, phenomenal coach and, and uh, there's a room a great great room a lot a lot of good guys down so there. your camp couldn't be going better everything's right on point. I remember the last camp you had distractions you had the, the, the ex-girlfriend she was yada yada none of that <laughs> none of that this time correct no they, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't blame it on that but yeah there was there was but there were things. other people like Munoz blamed it on it oh, there were other people there was there was, no, there was, there you was know, whispers about it and stuff and sure I mean it, I don't, I'm, I'm not camp. gonna make excuses you know what I mean I, I had some things that I was dealing with um with with some other, some other things that weren't like now, is, had is, nothing is, to do with is, relationships, but oh really? Yeah. So but as far as now, is like the ex calling you up, and be like, just so you know, I still love you, just to fuck with you, or no? She's like, no, oh, that's good. No, no, that's no, <laughs> nothing like that. That's good. So uh, okay, well, you look Everything's good, man. Good, you, you, man. You, you look you look like you're ripped. He's buff, man. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, yoked up. Thanks, man. Thank you. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I'm I'm nervous though. It's it's weird having like your friends fight, man. It's just. It's, <laughs> Telling you, I think I'm more nervous than you are, to be honest. It probably, yeah, probably I'm not. You know, but it's that's the way training is, man. It's so much. It sucks. It's hell, but you got to do it, and makes well, it, you know. I'm not. I'm not nervous. You know, you get a little nervous before you walk out, but that's about it. So. What did you think of the uh, Matt Brown fight? It was exciting. Wow, it was. A, that was an exciting fight. That first round was crazy. <laughs> um, and Eric Silva to- too, man. He, he's always he's a fun guy to watch. Like he's exciting, but. You know, he gets a little complacent, and I don't know. Just you think he had a terrible it. game plan, though, of, like, let me get into a, a backyard brawl with Matt Brown? Yeah, I mean, if he probably would have studied a little more film, you know, you could see Matt Brown just moves straight forward, and, and if, if you let him, he's going to do well. So it's like he's got to meet him or cut him off or – I don't know. He, he he stood back. He took a lot of punches, so it was going to be a, a hard fight. What would you do if you were fighting Matt Brown? You, you wouldn't – you would cut him off? Yeah, well, if he's if he's coming straight forward, you you know you got to either meet him or get an angle. So if you if you move straight back, you're in trouble. Your ears gotten bigger. Is that is that is that? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. No, I, I, your ears gotten bigger. I'm getting leaner, so maybe it just looks like it's is that what bigger. it is? Yeah. I think if you drain your ear, you'd make 125. <laughs> I, I I honestly maybe. No, my my ear used to look just like I had to get no, surgery on mine. Really? My ear looked. Look, really? It wasn't as bad. I had plastic surgery on mine. From now, is that is that cartilage in there or is that fluid? No, it's cartilage. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I can't even feel it to be honest. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, does anybody ever start with you and then see your ear and be like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. I, I find myself yeah. looking at dudes' ears all the time in bars and stuff like that. If I see a dude with ears, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I, I don't really put myself in that in that situation. There's been some situations like out, out at a bar or something, and, and people get. Drunk guys will get tough, and then they're like, kind of. You can tell this year, and they're like, "I'm cool, I'm cool." Like, right. I, I once said when I, I used to have that, and then like after uh, after I got it drained and fixed, I had to get reconstructive surgery. They were like, "Don't let any." I had to wear like a plastic turban on my head. They were like, "Don't let anybody." Do you have a cast? I, I had to have a cast on my head. 
And there was, Hilarious. and they, they told me like, did you try to fly? What they were saying like, well, don't like, you know, get it cold or all this stuff. But they were saying that uh, I was worried that like I'd be making out with a girl and she would go to kiss my ear. <laughs> And I and I had to be like, oh no, you can't. And I was so embarrassed. I was shy. I was like 19 at the time. I was like, hey, go to the other ear, uh, the one that's not like that. Because what are you going to do? Like, oh my God, look what you did. I, my ear would turn purple. Do you ever have that problem with chicks trying to kiss your ear? Um, not not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually at uh, <clears throat> Lake of the Ozarks. One of my buddies I went to high school with has a has a has a place down there, and I was I was swimming in. Uh, I was with a bunch of friends, and and, and, a, and a girl actually bit my ear. A girl bit your ear. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She was drunk. I wasn't even looking though. She was drunk. She came up and she like, I just wanted to bite your ear, and I'm like, whoa. Did it bleed? No. A girl just wanted to randomly bite your ear. Yeah, I thought it was. Well, she a vampire? I don't know. So I don't of- know. It was. She was a little bit inebriated. Have you ever like been doing stuff to a girl that I can't really talk about right now? But like, say you're doing it, and she kind of grabs your ear because she's about to have an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no comment. Oh wow! Oh, at least we got a no, no comment. Normally it's no just comment. no. Nah, so all right, so all right, so Jake, you have two weeks to fight next weekend. Uh, now what? Now what do you do for the two weeks from, from now until then? How many practices a day? What are you doing? How are you? How are you clearing your mind? Are you not taking phone calls? What do you do? No, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, it's just one pretty much one workout a day from here on out. Um, Watching your weight a little more, obviously a little more carefully. But uh, how's your weight right now? Weight's great. I'm 185 right now. You know, hydrated, so everything's on point. You know, you got 15 pounds. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's yeah, it's it's if you're hydrated, it's 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 easy. You know, but no, it's 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 more relaxing. Like the last two weeks are pretty pretty relaxing. You know, watch movies, just chill. Not, you know, there's not it's not a real big difference. You just. Not going out or you only watch like MMA that. like Never Back Down and Vision Quest and absolutely not 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 Warrior no Warrior no no well all right well Jake listen man you came late but you know what you came uh, we love you Jake and uh, yeah, hey. of course man I can't I wait for being your, here can't wait for your fight uh, I am so I'm, I'm gonna have I don't know where I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in Santa Barbara for that fight but right. I'm gonna have you got a show. Yeah, have a show. Is there a Jake Ellenberger T-shirt I could wear? Anything? Any? Are you superstitious though? Not really. I mean, I have there's I have a ritual. So there's there's certain things that I. What, what, what's your ritual? Um, you burn a. <laughs> what exactly? What, what, what's your I, ritual? I come out with a no a cross <laughs> like Diego said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I just have like a routine as far as like the week of the fight. You know, I sleep in like the day of the fight sleep in a little bit get a good it's it's just a boring routine but i mean try to try to not be on my phone as much you know gotcha all right well listen all right so fox sports uh thank you for having us t-rex where can people find you uh todd rex is at todd rex on twitter and uh todd rex on facebook and ToddRex.com website any shows coming up uh, i am at uh well the same weekend that you're fighting i'll be at flappers in burbank um, flappers, yeah, flat flappers in Burbank. Just is that word, a real place? That's a real place. Flappers, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that club, I love that club. They should not have named it Flappers. They, they could have named it anything else, but Flappers. <laughs> then Flappers. But you won't forget better. the name. They could have called it the, like the Auschwitz Comedy Club, and it would have been more. It was, <laughs> Auschwitz. It was just. It's just honestly that Flappers is the worst name. All right, so uh, Jake, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Ellenberger MMA, and uh, next weekend, May twenty fourth, uh, UFC one seventy three. Yeah, yeah. And I will be at uh, Captain Brian's, uh, the, the off the, the off the hook, hook comedy club this Thursday Island. to Sunday in Marco Island, Florida. Marco Island. 
Uh, every show uh, at nine o'clock, every show, follow me at Adam Comedian on Instagram or on Twitter at MMA Roasted, AdamHunter.com. There will be a text from Last Fight uh, and another MMA Roasted video coming out for 173. I can't wait. Thank you, Fox Sports. Thank you, DJ Shrope. Uh, take care and have a great week. Sure.